0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hi all and welcome to Batter Up. It's the new 929 Braves podcast and I am your Braves insider Joe Patrick and I'm here joined by Knox Bardeen, the digital what are you? Digital manager? Is that my, your title? My
2: uh... Exact title: Digital Program Director.
1: That sounds fancy.
2: That's what it says on my business cards that I've given away. <laughs> negative one of out of the pack I got a year ago.
1: Well, it's taken us um, long enough to get this thing started, but I'm glad we're, we've finally found the time to get uh, in the makeshift studio here and put something together for you guys. Um, you know, we I've been covering the Braves all season. Knox obviously has been paying close attention to the Braves as well, and uh, hopefully we can get something out to you guys weekly-ish. Um,
2: well, we, we tried. We have tried for, what, we like have, three we weeks now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And between Joe's schedule, because Joe does a lot of things. I do. He's the Braves insider here. He also is very tied into Atlanta United. I'm
1: the managing editor of uh, Dirty South Soccer. If you follow Atlanta United, you're probably familiar with Dirty South Soccer. So between that
2: and here and, and my busy schedule here running everything digital for 92.9 The Game, we had grand dreams of we'd start weekly with this podcast batter up and then probably a couple other times a week we would we'd do supplemental episodes you know hey if i have 10 minutes of something to talk about i'm just going to turn on the mic and do it and joe's going to do the same thing and uh, we've really found it difficult just to be in the same room <laughs> i know seriously <laughs> much less you know going into one of the production booths and giving you a call and doing it that way
1: yeah we're just trying to put together some content any way we can with with whatever time we have available i've been doing some Video shots of after you know, as I'm leaving the ballpark at night. So, yes. um, hopefully, you guys have been seeing some of those on 929 in the games uh, Twitter account. So, stay tuned to that. We'll have more of those coming up. But, i um, glad to finally get the podcast underway.
2: Yeah, and it's going to be a, an interesting duo here because you're going to, you're somewhat entrenched with the team. You're there for all the mm-hmm. home games, you're in the clubhouse pre and post. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to bring a very interesting point of view. Whereas I'm a numbers guy. Yeah. I'm a geeky stats guy. You know, I'm a, a youth baseball coach for my kids, and I'm going to try never to bring that into the podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I look at things very analytically. And as you can see, we, you know, we put the this show, this show together and decided what we're going to talk about. I wonder what we're going to talk about. New rookie uh, coming up. No, 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 you know, some great pitching. I don't know. Uh, but I, I take a very different look yeah. than you do, so I think that's what's going to make this podcast interesting. As we balance what you've seen and, and what I pick apart through numbers.
1: Yeah, and if if any of our listeners here are familiar with my work at Dirty South Soccer, you'll probably know that I'm very much interested in um, kind of profiling the players and the and the the personality of the team and the individuals that comprise it. Uh, I'm very interested in that kind of in, the, in that aspect of the game, not just baseball but sports in general. So. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can give you guys a rounded-out view of what this team is and what we see of them going forward. So, and what a just, great
2: day to be a storyteller after r- yesterday at SunTrust Park.
1: It was amazing. It was amazing. If anybody is not caught up at this point, Austin Riley came in and homered on his Major League debut, and it was a sight to behold. He struck out his first at bat, so it wasn't quite a Jason Hayward moment. Right. Um, but, I mean... It, Every everybody was kind of expecting. Even when we talked to Brian Snicker after the game, he said I was half expecting him to hit a homer just because i would seen Jason Hayward do it. Um, it. It was just it just felt like one of those moments that was going to happen, and we're kind of lucky that it did come to fruition.
2: And that was kind of a full circle moment for Snicker. I was reading in the Athletic Dave O'Brien put it out this morning. Must Great have sat piece. down and, and talked to him. Using uh, the dugout when Hayward hit his, and walked up to Bobby Cox, and Bobby Cox told snick we knew this was going to happen, right? We knew he was going to do that. So I think everyone hoped that Austin Riley was going to hit that home run. And with his torrid pace, he was hitting home runs down in Gwinnett. It it was great to see him adjust. He said he didn't get a lot of fastballs in that first Mm at-bat and then came up and thought that the, the pitcher would challenge him and the pitcher challenged him and you saw what this kid can do with a fastball
1: yeah and he talked about some of those adjustments that he made too you know he didn't ha- actually have a super great start to the season this year i think for the first couple of weeks he it was pretty ho-hum not mm-hmm. a lot of home runs and then the power started coming i think he was just he talked about the adjustments i think he was just trying to do um a little too much they talked about getting his bath uh his bat plane uh just kind of flattened out right and um a little more direct to the ball when it comes in and and yeah, it's it's paying such dividends, and this guy is going to be market like so marketable. Like if you if if, if, no if, if they thought Dansby Swanson was a marketable type of player, I mean this guy, you know, he had forty family members in town right. last night. He's from Mississippi. You know, he he grew up a Braves fan. As far as uh, as far as I know, uh, he's so happy to be playing for this team, and he just has that kind of he has the southern draw. He's got kind of got that that I look about him. I called last him last
2: night. He, he was all shucks, Mississippi. For sure. To, to the bone. And, and what a lot of people listening to might not realize is, you know, we get to the ballpark, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and, and we kind of sit up in the press box, and we, we saw him walk out onto the field and hang around at shortstop for a little while, and he was looking out in the left field, and he just kind of walking around, getting his bearings. And then what happens is, you know, you, you call a kid up from AAA. They were in Buffalo when he got the call, and then they said, oh, by the way, there's Thirty or some odd reporters over there. You're going to go sit in the in the dugout, and they're going to surround you and stick mics in your face, and, and go talk to them. And not every 22 year old handles that well. Yeah. But boy, was he clear, concise, told some funny stories, made some jokes, very comfortable in that aspect of his. What's going to be his job for the foreseeable future?
1: Yeah. If you think about it, think about the 15 hours. What what a difference 15 hours made in his life yesterday. I mean, he went from he said he told the story, he got the call, he was kind of just hanging out. B.S.ing with uh, Bryce Wilson and Colby Allard, and yep. in, 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 in a hotel bedroom, um, and 15 hours later, yeah, he's stand, he's sitting in the brave Atlanta Braves dugout in front of 30 press members, you know, kind of trying to encapsulate what his career has been and what he's what he's looking for going hey, forward.
2: Yeah, and to the storytelling aspect, didn't even get the phone call on his own phone either. He yeah. didn't answer it or missed it, so. You know, they had to call Kobe. Calls and said, yeah. hand the phone to Austin <laughs> real quick. Uh, I just can't imagine what, what that feels like to have that moment and then instantly pick up the phone and, and call your dad. Yeah. Um, hang up the phone and call your wife. And I had a, a funny thought about that. Was, Is that how I would have done it? Would I have called dad first and then wife? Right. And and, and I think I would have. And yeah. I even asked my wife last night, like, would you have been upset? She's like, no, I think that's expected. So yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think for a lot of young kids, you know, sp- you know, uh, young boys playing baseball, you know, they grew up. Some of their first memories are throwing the ball with their dad, and mm-hmm. you know, in the yard or, or, or at the park or whatever. And so I th- yeah, I think that there's like a special bond I feel between a lot of baseball players and their fathers, uh, which was which was evident. But yeah. uh, I, I thought it was funny in the in the clubhouse after the game. I heard Mark Bowman kind of try- going around trying to uh, get some get some clues on what his nickname was going to be from some oh, of gosh. the players. And there isn't really anything yet. I think I heard a Gronk Jr. thrown out there because he's kind of has that big look, but I don't think it's gonna stick. Luke Jackson said, "Just give the bullpen some time. You know, give the bullpen some time. We sit around with nothing to do for long enough every day, we'll think of something soon."
2: (laughs) Well, and and we—it is. This is day one on the job, and I just said to you as we were talking before we turned the record button on. What what did you do on your first day work? Well, I I didn't hit a home run in front of (laughs) how many thousands of fans that were there and millions watching, but so it was a fantastic first day. But it was only day one, and they will have to figure out a, a nickname for him. But what's really kind of interesting is you take a look at all the former teammates that he played with coming up. I mean, on, on that Rome team, he was there with Acuna. He mm-hmm. was there with um, Allard. You know, He, he was there, there with last
1: night's starter, Mike Soroka.
2: Soroka, Tuki Toussaint, who came up kind of with him. Mm-hmm. So there, there are a lot of guys in that clubhouse, not only below the age of 25, but a lot of guys that have been playing together for many years. So this isn't a situation where he's coming up and – He's a, a, a little kid among among a bunch of men. Um, these guys have worked their way up through the minor league system.
1: Yeah, and I think it really creates for a for a tight knit group in the clubhouse. I think that that'll pay, that'll pay benefits well down the road from where we are now. But I do want to kind of go into Austin Riley and how it does affect the Braves now, because okay. I think that you know what we've seen with Brian Snicker these last you know over the last week is he's he's changed the lineup. He's moved Acuna back to leadoff. And I think that one of the hesitations that he may have had in making that change is that he doesn't have that big bopper to then replace Acuna's spot batting cleanup. Um, He's done that so far with Josh Donaldson, moving him from Mm -hmm. this two hole to batting cleanup. But I think Josh Donaldson, you know, we all kind of know that he would like to bat and bat second going long term. So can Austin Riley be that big bat that they were looking for? I think that, you know, what we've seen from him, obviously in Gwinnett proves that he, like he is that big time power hitter. And if he can, Prove to be that uh, over the next, you know, however long he's with the Braves. Um, Hopefully he stays even after Ender is is able to return. Um, It can really lengthen the lineup.
2: I hear what you're saying. I hope it doesn't happen anytime soon. And here's why you can't just call a 22 year old kid up from Gwinnett and say, Enjoy the six hole for a few games. We're about to move you into the cleanup spot. It's just not fair to him. He might be statistically ready to do this. I mean, everything we've seen in the month of May, the 10 home runs and 13 May games, uh, I think he had 13 extra base hits in, in out of 18. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's absolutely mashing the ball. And you saw that, that home run in, in Charlotte a few weeks ago that went, what, 498 yeah. feet? The yeah. one he hit last night with a massive exit velocity. He absolutely kills the ball. But taking a 22-year-old kid with – Fewer than 100 at-bats and telling them he has to back cleanup for a, a team that's going to contend for the postseason, it, it's completely unfair to him. So I'm sure that the Braves, I'm guessing, let me rephrase that, I'm guessing that the Braves don't want to move him into the cleanup spot until he's absolutely ready. That might not happen until next year. Yeah. So I, I think Acuna is at one to stay. I mean, that's, that's obviously going... where he wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's obviously where he's going to flourish. And you look at his splits from last year, and it's absolutely where he does flourish. Where what the Braves are going to do with that big bopper. He, Austin Riley absolutely can be the big bopper. I think there's probably going to be some 22-year-old rookie ups and downs, so that's why I think it's unfair to put him there. It's going to have to be Josh Donaldson that, that carries that load there.
1: I, th- I mean, I think that, we, and by the way, when I'm talking about this, I'm talking more longer term than it probably okay. sounded. I'm talking sure. about could he be batting cleanup you know, by the time the playoffs come around, so not in the next few weeks. I right. I, th- I think obviously over well, the next month, two absolutely. months. What
2: did Chipper say on the TV broadcast? Actually, you you were in the press box. I you didn't hear the TV broadcast. And yeah. so Chipper was saying, "Hey, this is a forty home run kid." Yeah. Well, if that's the case, yeah, he's the four hole
1: hitter. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it's
2: not. But not in June. Yeah, not-
1: it is. I I think it is interesting the way that Brian Snicker, the job he has on his hands, is kind of managed this because I what we've gathered is that Josh Johnson was. I don't know if I want to say promised to bat second but more or less had an understanding that he was would probably be batting second for the Braves um you know and I think that that was kind of played into the negotiation of signing him and it'll just be interesting to see how he fares in the four hole it's interesting if you look at his splits he's no worse in the four hole than right. batting second really um he's just has a personal comfort I guess in batting second so that's why he prefers it, but I think, you know, when you look at it from an analytical point of view, there's really no downside in him batting fourth for a second.
2: You no, know, it's just personal preference, and if you can manage that as as Snicker will, then yeah, 2-4, I don't think it matters much. Since we're talking Austin Riley's arrival and Josh Donaldson, but what does that do defensively? Because we know Josh Donaldson's not going to play 150-plus games. He's probably not even going to play 140-plus mm-hmm. games, so... Mm-hmm. When he's not playing third base, I think that's Austin Riley's for job sure. at that point. Oh, right? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, Austin Riley now, his uh, presence on the club is going to have an impact on uh, Johan Camargo because Johan oh. Camargo before was supposed to be the guy who was going to play in corner outfield, was going to fill in in third base when Josh Donaldson couldn't play. So what happens to Johan Camargo? He's not been great this year. Um, and, and, you know, time will tell who's going to be the better player for the Braves this year as a left fielder third baseman type of player uh between Riley and Johan but uh, it's an interesting dilemma again that a Brian Snicker has on his hands kind of you know how is he going to manage all of this While
2: I agree with every move the Braves have made in, in this particular conversation what does Johan Camargo got to be thinking I mean first off he he does what he did in 2018 and then he his role is is relegated
0: mm-hmm. this
2: year um He's not performing as well, probably because he's not getting the normal reps. Right. And now here's this young kid from Gwinnett that they just promoted, obviously, to leapfrog him. And he's you know got to be thinking, what, what more can I do for this team? And it's, it's a fair question, but it's also kind of fair exactly what the Braves did. You can't keep Austin Riley. Actually, let me back up months. I would bet money that the Braves didn't want to promote Austin Riley this year. They paid $23 million for Josh Donaldson to come in and play third base and be that stopgap. This was going to be a stopgap year. He's there. Austin Riley is going to to season at AAA, and then they'd bring him up in 2020. Well, the kid's just hitting the ball like it's coming in, pitched underhand to him, and it's the size of a grapefruit. So he forced his way Definitely. into the lineup. Yeah. And when you're a guy like Johan Camargo or even Josh Donaldson in this situation, you have to realize that when, when people force their way into promotion, when they force their way onto the big league club, it's just things that happen,
0: yeah.
1: and there's going to be dominoes that fall that that are that are ramifications of this down the line. I think that, um, possibly what we might see is that Yoan Camargo becomes a trade chip for the mm. Braves um if they if and when they will need to add a reliever at some point <laughs> uh, i think a team would be interested in adding someone like Camargo although the you know the Braves would ha- would probably want to try to keep him as well but he's possible trade chip if he's not getting ro- regular playing time same with a guy like Ender Inciarte in fact i bet the Braves would like to try to move Ender Inciarte um but his value as a trade piece isn't Super high when you consider what contending teams will need mm-hmm. and the salary that he's on. You know, he's gonna. they're going to have to try to find the right fit and whether they can get in return what they want from that right fit is, remains to be seen.
2: Yeah, the the gold glove center fielder is a plus-plus. That helps. You, you like that, but unfortunately you just can't bring him any higher than seventh in the batting order right. anymore. So you can't offer him up to a team that needs an early in the order kind of guy that can also bring, what, three gold gloves to, to the mm-hmm. ballpark. Mm-hmm. So if you find a contender that is in dire need of some defensive help, then, then yeah, there's your trade piece. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. I mean, that kind of move isn't going to happen in May right? In June. I'm mean, right. probably talking June before NCR Day starts coming yep. back. But it's an interesting thing to watch what the Braves do with him because I, I kind of think that, especially with the way he emerged onto the scene last night, when Austin Riley came to Atlanta, he's come to Atlanta. for. I mean, they're not just thinking 10 days and we're going to ship him back. This is more than just a a tryout on the job for him.
1: Yeah. So that's something that we'll continue to follow, you know, in the coming weeks, months, um, the status of all that. But we should get back to one of the main stories for the Braves in recent weeks, and especially last night, which is Mike Soroka. The guy has made five or six starts this year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Six starts. He has a sub one ERA. And nobody can hit a fly ball against the guy.
2: Well, oh, that's what a sinker ball guy does, right? Yeah. I mean, that's exact. But he's been so fantastic with that sinker ball. And uh, apologies to Austin Riley. You just got promoted. You came up you hit a home <laughs> run in your first game. But I truly believe what we saw to Mike Soroka last night hammers into to my brain that this is the emerging star from last night's game. Yeah, Austin Riley... I, I hope Chipper's right. I hope the kid hits 40 home runs in the future and, and, and is a the mainstay there for seven years. But this guy, Mike Soroka, is going to be the ace of this staff.
1: Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter last night say that he uh, he walked a couple guys last night just to see how it feels put, to, <laughs> just to, put, to put runners on base, you know. Well, uh,
2: and, and what's interesting about that is, you know, we were laughing a few minutes ago about Austin Riley's aw shucks Mississippi attitude. Well, on the mound, Mike Soroka kind of has that, I don't, I don't care – it, nothing bothers him. He is so calm, cool, collected. He Not only did he, did he walk a couple guys, walk walked three guys last night, but he got himself into situations where he's pitching into the middle of that batting order, and he's like, okay, I'm just going to strike you out. I don't care how great of a hitter you are. It's Goldschmidt over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to strike you out when yeah. I get runners on base.
1: Yeah, you know, it's amazing talking to Soroka and Max Fried. They're both very similar in that they're very logical. They're They think about – things, um, they, they simplify the way they think about the game. What, what, with Soroka, it's very mechanical. He thinks about his mechanics, um, and if his pitches aren't working the way they should, which clearly they are this year, um, <laughs> but if they're not, you know, he, he, he will just think about it very clearly and granularly. Um, and not try, not getting wrapped up in all of the other circumstance that happens with pitchers in baseball when you when you aren't pitching at the top of your right. game. And same with Max Freed. Ma- Max is a very much the same way. He's more simplified in his overall uh, game plan of a game. Mm-hmm. You know, if a pitch isn't working, let's not. You know, no need to force it. Let, let's go with what works. Be confident with the pitching. Um, but both these guys are my, are, are, are similar in the, in the way that they talk about the game. And uh, it's really comforting. And obviously, it's easier to talk about your pitching performances when you're pitching as well as those two are, um, as opposed to some of the other guys on the staff who seem a little more flustered after games when we speak to them. But um, but it's really great to see. It's really refreshing.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned the six starts from Soroka. One earned run or fewer in all six of the starts this year. I mean, a sub-one ERA, that is absolutely incredible for a 21-year-old. He's yeah. younger than Austin Riley. Yeah. So he's absolutely pitching – lights out and and, the, and since i'm the geeky stats guy I'll, I'll, I'll throw a couple at you here um not only is he the earned run thing one runner fewer in all of those six starts but he's the only pitcher 21 years of age or younger since 1920 he and fernando Valenzuela are the only ones who've done that wow it's crazy the kind of of What's the word I'm looking for here? The company he keeps. Mm I mean, Fernando Valenzuela, that was one of the best rookie seasons ever. Yeah. And and that's what we're looking at through um, six starts with Mike Soroka.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I've done plenty of interviews at the radio station here early in the season, and we talked about, you know, this first month being the evaluation period and and the Braves not really fully knowing what they have uh, in certain areas of the club. And I think that, you know, when we look at the pitching rotation, I think it's quite obvious now that, like – First of all, you know what you have in Soroka and Freed, but you didn't really know going into the season. And going into the season, Freed was in the bullpen, right? Uh, You know, Soroka was injured. We didn't expect. We didn't know what these guys were, and I think we had more concerns about the rotation then. Now we're worried about Fultonevich and you know what they're what the Braves are doing with Tehran. Um, but I think with Freed and Soroka, you've got two guys that are like 1A, 1B almost in terms of being top of the rotation Yeah, guys. you and
2: I were bouncing that back and forth as we were planning this podcast, and, and Austin Raleigh's promotion kind of threw that plan out the windows. Yeah. We had to adjust, but um, you made the statement, well, obviously it's Max Freed who is one, and Soroka is, is two when it comes to how well this these guys in the rotation are doing, and then after last night, I, I, I firmly believe they they flip flop yeah, not I... anything bad for what Max Fried has done, but Mike Soroka's first off his, his record, the, his earned run average. You talk about um, hitters being unable to even touch what he's throwing. Those sinker balls are, are incredible, and uh, you know a, another geeky stat here. You know of all the pitchers in baseball with with a hundred batted balls this year. He ranks third in average exit velocity, only eighty-four mm. and a half miles an hour. And and you you take a look at some of the names on that list: um, Kenta Maeda, Lu- Uchese, and San Diego's only one that's kind of weird on the list. You got Soroka three, Charlie Morton mm. four, and then my pick for NL, you know, Cy Young right now is Castillo, Luis Castillo yeah. over in, in Cincinnati. Yep. So all those names are talking about. Nobody is touching them hard. Mm-hmm. Nobody is hitting the ball because that that you know sink slider combo that. Soroka's throwing up there is just baffling hitters right now. And then you throw in that four-seamer a little bit. You throw in the changeup, and the changeup's been a great out pitch for him too. And, and, and nobody's hitting the ball hard. Three barrels, and, and that's a, a new stat from StatCast Major League Baseball where um, a barrel is anything that comes off the bat at 95 miles or higher speed. and 30-degree yeah. launch angle. Okay. So those balls should you know, be gappers. They should rattle the wall or go mm-hmm. over the wall, and he's only allowed three of those yeah. all year long. Yeah. it's incredible how hard he is to hit right now
1: yeah and hopefully he can keep it going I think sometimes we can get lured into these traps when 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 pitchers kind of you know he's still kind of fresh on the scene and you know once batters have have some time to figure out a game plan that 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 they typically go into games with um things can change but yeah I mean right now he looks like one of the best pitchers in, in baseball
2: yeah and I I didn't want to get nitpicky or anything like that but I could go at a couple of those things I I wish that he would strike out more batters. I yep. wish more hitters would swing it, miss it more in his pitches um, outside of that sink split combo. Yeah. So there, there's some things I I do not think that we're gonna see a seven to ten year career out of Mike Soroka where he has a sub one ERA. I do <laughs> not think that's gonna work. But um, all in all, I'm very excited to see what this kid's bringing to the mound every day.
1: Yeah, it was funny last night when I was when I was leaving. Um, I was looking at the the post-match or the post-game report that the team communication staff puts out and I was looking at his line I didn't realize only three strikeouts for him last night which was weird considering how dominant he looked and uh in the game so um yeah can't wait to see more of Mike Soroka. he's one of those guys he and Freed both um when I'm walking into the stadium before a game you just you're just kind of excited you're excited to see to to find out what you're going to see that day from those guys um, it really makes the Braves, I think, you know, when, when those guys come through in the rotation, it's mm-hmm. it's mu- it's must watch if you're a Braves fan. Absolutely. Speaking
2: so. of Braves fans, I want to quiz you. Okay. Before you, you send us home, because I think we're getting ready to wrap this up. But okay. um, Baseball Reference just threw out a tweet of the 11 Braves players that have hit a homer in their Major League debut. How many of them can you name?
1: Okay. Um, Hayward. Yep. Schaefer, who we yep. talked about. Um I don't know.
2: It it's obviously Austin Riley. I didn't remember having Gaddis. F- forgot about that. Gaddis.
1: Okay, interesting. Um Frenchie. Okay. I, I yep. was there for Frenchies too. Frenchies oh, yep. was
2: an eighth inning shot, I think. Yep. Um Marty Malloy, Jermaine Dye, Bob Horner. Remember that eighties <laughs> <'80s laughs> Fleer card with the big <laughs> right. snake around yeah. his neck? <laughs> uh Chuck Tanner, Sam Jethro, Joe Max. Those were the eleven. Eight of those have been with the Atlanta Braves, the other three with um, you know, Milwaukee or even Boston, so um, congratulations, to Austin Riley, for hitting a home run on his first
1: day at work. Yeah, Ho- hopefully, hopefully, there are many more to come. Forty more, according to Chipper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe not
1: this year. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back hopefully next week. Uh, we will try to get these out at least once a week. Cannot tell you what day they will be coming out. Uh, we will get better.
2: We, we will finalize the day soon.
1: We are running around doing our best, but yeah, we we will we will try to once we get this thing going, we'll be on a, we'll be on a regular schedule.
2: Uh, best place to figure stuff out. Go to at ninety two nine the game on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'm at Knox Bardeen.
1: I'm at J A Patrick two hundred. It's a terrible Twitter handle. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm try, I'm try, I'm, try, I'm trying to negotiate with Twitter to let me have. There's a Twitter <laughs> handle out there called at Joe Patrick. Yep, and they tweeted once. In 2008, oh, wow. May 5th, 2008, that says follow Joe Patrick, and that's the only tweet they've ever put See, out. See, those are
2: problems that a guy like Knox Martin, I don't have those you're problems. Right, I know. <laughs> that, yeah. those, everything I ever want to do with an account name, I, I get it. So, Joe Patrick, you're going to have to fight for someone When this. you have two
1: first names and then you're trying to go, you have a, account questions that you're going to Twitter for, you know, they're, they're probably skeptical right off the bat. But anyway, that's going to do it for the show. So um, catch us next week and follow us, uh, follow follow the podcast wherever you get podcasts, and we'll be there.
2: Radio.com, Stitcher,
1: iTunes, it'll all be there. Yep, and it'll be on the website as well, 929thegame.com. For that, Joe Patrick, Knox Bardeen. We will see you guys next week.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?